Hey, everyone. Welcome to my show. I'm Tiffany Blackman, my so-called fabulous, and I am so excited to be here today. We're about mid-January 2021. Gosh, that was a rough 2020. Anywho, you all know how much I love and adore fitness. It's just part of my life. And I do understand that there is that population that it's just not fun. It's not. I have to have it. It gives me endorphins. And I'm bringing back from episode number 30, my personal trainer and dear, dear friend, a loving like a son, Sam Watts. Welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me back on. Absolutely. There's so much to talk about because last show we did, again, it was July of last year, we did a show together and we were talking about working out with injuries because myself and Greg, my husband that works out with you, you you deal with a lot of clients that have injuries, right? Yeah, this is a big part of yeah, yeah. Big part of my clientele is usually working around a lot of different injuries. I have my it's not necessarily I wouldn't say uh a speciality of mine, but it's something that I kind of know and understand. Right. Yeah. And I want you all go, to go back to episode number 30, and we have your total bio. You you ran track at TCU. You're from the UK, if y'all haven't figured that out, by his fabulous accent. But you ran track. You uh, you came to TCU. You stayed here. We're blessed to keep to have you here in Fort Worth. But um, more about your bio there. But working out, I met you December of 2017 or 18, I can't remember, um, because I had my surgery, my back surgery in January. I May- bet it was 17. 17, mm-hmm. I can't believe it. We're, yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh no. So um, I've known you for a while, and when I was referred to you, it's because I did have issues with my spine, and you have helped me, your kinesiology major, and that mm-hmm. really helps trainers, right? Right, and especially, yeah, um, going down the path I went, which was more kind of uh, pre-physical therapy with the idea that, that I may go to PT school after I had my undergrad. Um, I ended up kind of changing my mind on on that and mostly because I was kind of talked out of it by a physical therapist, honestly, because um, at the time I was rehabbing a hernia injury and oh, yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, they said, well, you know, <clears throat> I was going through it and I was just, and, and, and I was an athlete at the time. And so, you know, that was my livelihood mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be at physical therapy. And they're like, well, if you think that's bad, you know, you should try working with the elderly populations who have fallen and broken something. And you're, you know, they, you're dealing with people who don't want to be there. Right. They're in pain and they're doing like basic movements to try mm-hmm. and get some sort of, uh, normal motor function back, mm-hmm. and but the majority of the, the time, they said, "Oh, these people that don't want to be there, who are hurting." I mean, it's just part of. of and I was like, you know, that doesn't really sound really. Didn't sound no. I wasn't super excited about doing that. So, well, you have your own gym now, so you you have your gym, and I'm so excited to be a part of it. But we're about the third week of January in 2021 now, and you've seen it. Everyone has lived it. You go into January thinking, okay, I got this. I'm going to buy new tennis sh- sneakers. I'm going to buy new workout clothes. I've got this. I have a new meal plan. Resolutions. How busy are you in January? Is everybody pretty serious, right? Well, yeah. And, I, you know, I think more so, you know, my location is more of uh, the private one-on-one stuff. And I'm working with clients that I've had for years. And so... It's 
just as busy as ever for me my partner Bryce is getting busier Mm -hmm. so you know he's starting to work his way up and definitely there's been a lot of push for new people to start he's maybe picked up three or four Mm -hmm. yeah he's picked up a few people um but yeah public gyms I think really benefit from that but of course right now I don't know that many people are wanting to go and be a part of a big Busy public gym. A larger gym. Absolutely. Because you are totally private. Right. No open memberships. It's just one-on-one training. Right. So tell me about people that make resolutions. This is not me. I work out all the time. I always have, always Mm -hmm. will. But tell me about the people that, that... are, that are listening to the show that really have that want and desire to change their body, to change their lifestyle. How do you, let's say Jane Doe, Jack, Jack Doe comes into your gym. How do you, first of all, there's the fear of coming in when you're not comfortable doing it. So how do you transition that person, you know, not that, again, not that you're taking clients, but how does that person transition into being not a very sedentary lifestyle to working out and enjoying it and seeing the benefits. Well, well, first of all, I, I will say this is that I, um, I don't think you need to wait till January 1st of every year to no. make your life better. I think that if you, if it's something that you're serious about, you know, it's, not too late. You don't need to think, well, 2022 will be my year to start working out. Right. You know, you can change that today. If someone's listening to this right now and they've missed January 1 or they didn't want to drink through January and they've already have, well, just start now. Just start, right? That's my thing. Um, But one thing I do like to uh, suggest to people, especially, you know, because I, I will deal with people that come in from I have my populations like you that are coming from a healthy background or, or used to working out a lot and have been to multiple trainers. And and then I do have my people that come in who um, are just starting weight lifting or starting working out for the first time. And, you know, I have people that come in and they say to me, well, I haven't exercised in 15 years. But the problem is <clears throat> where they, people start to go wrong there is they say, all right, well, I haven't done anything in so long, so I need to work out four times a week. I want a meal plan. I want to do this. Okay. My best advice for everybody is to don't try and, first of all, bite off more than you can chew. And I would always usually recommend, when when I have somebody that comes to me who has not done anything for years, more than... I wouldn't even say do more than two workouts a week. And really? The reason why is because, first of all, um, that's probably all you can, if you, you know, if you've gone from nothing, it, it, part of working out is, is, is about building volume over time. It's not just about diving in and killing yourself mm-hmm. time off time. I, that, it doesn't really work. It's not a sustainable method for anybody. Um, I especially find it for people who are trying to lose weight, mm-hmm. working out and, you know, eating well, that's a big lifestyle change. And a lot of people are, are worried, oh, I I know I'm out of shape or and, and I know I need to lose weight. And so I've got to work out and I've got to start eating different. And, and it's like, listen, you don't have to do that. The, what you do have to do is get started. 
And I kind of like to uh, explain it as like a snowball effect because, and you see it happen with everybody, I, you know, because they want to come in, they want me to give them a meal plan and we, we can work out, you know, four days a week, we can do this. And I'm like, come in once a week, let's do that. They come in once a week and it usually takes people about two or three weeks before I stay, you know, they say, you know what, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with this and, and I'm enjoying it. And I, I do, I kind of want to add another day if you, you know, so I'll take someone on for a second day. And at that point they come in and when you know someone is serious is when they start seeing the progress because they, they get it, you know, that you're working out one day a week and just from living your normal lifestyle, adding one, one day a week of working out, you're going to start to see changes, right? So whether it's sleeping better, feeling better, losing weight, whatever it is, they, they, they pick up on something or something feels different or they feel better. Or, and so they go, well, this is, this is kind of nice. I, I want more of this. They come in the second day of the week. Once again, more and more progress. <clears throat> and then they'll say, you know what? I was driving past a McDonald's the other day and I would usually go or whatever, get that for lunch. And I, and I, and I looked up and I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't need that. I'm going to go get a salad. And I'm like, okay, now we're ready to talk about diet. Wow. Because now we let your experiences motivate the rest of your, mm-hmm. your health journey. Right. Right. Rather than just saying, I need to jump in and do all of these things at once. It's so powerful letting people's personal experiences, you be their motivating factor, mm-hmm. you know, and it works for some people. Some people are built different and, and they say, I'm going all in. Yes. And that's, but that's their way of staying motivated. But I see a lot of long-term success through that of, you know, building blocks and letting different things be your motivating factor along the way. Because a lot of people come to me and they're like, oh, well, I see you train client A. She's in amazing shape. She works out four days a week, but I could never work out four days a week and I could never eat as clean as she does. I just can't, that's just not sustainable for me. But when they start picking up a few, one workout a week and then it gets to two and then they start thinking, well, I, I want to eat a little better and they start eating. Then all of a sudden, one thing is added onto the next and you, you're there. You're working out three or four days a week. Right. You're eating good and you're doing it all because you've built on you know, like I said, you're building on, you're using your personal experiences as motivation, whether that's losing weight mm-hmm. or, you know, I got on the scale and I was down five pounds this like two weeks and wow. And, you know, and I had, you know, I was only working out two days a week and, and I really didn't eat a perfect diet. So what if I exercise three days a week and what if I, it, it cleaned up my diet even more. And right. that's what I find pe- leads people to ultimately changing to a healthier lifestyle. Well, you know, that is amazing to me because, you know, Greg and I, which you train Greg as well, my husband, and we are six, seven days a week people. And when you have taken clients that are friends of mine or that I know, and you start them out with two days a week, and I'm like, wait, that's not it. My first, my first inclination is to say, no, that's weak. Yeah. I mean, because Greg and I are mm-hmm. two totally yeah. different I've been in this for, for yeah, a long we've been time, doing yeah. it forever. But I remember asking you that, like, does that really make a difference that they only work out two days a week? That's my mental psych, you know, that's how I think. But you're saying just someone to make that change. 
right? Right. Yeah. We we want to build. Um, like I said, I'm all for building uh, people's own personal experiences and using that as motivation. And you can see how it works because you know it starts out two days a week, but that leads to them oh. actually making better lifestyle choices mm-hmm. on their own on their own on and their not own. because somebody else has told them you need to work out right because they feel good and they like the way it feels when they see themselves in the mirror now and that now that you know they're starting to see that this really does work or this is working for me and right. maybe this journey isn't going to be so awful or it's not going to take so long because mm-hmm. some people think they're so far gone that they don't want to start oh i can only imagine and that's someone... the worst thing <sighs> It's just Have like you, had you that look at that experience just, with a client before. Not really. Not not. No, I wouldn't say personally, but you know, I've I know people that have. I'm sure feel that way. Oh, of and course. I, you know, like it's too far gone. Yeah, like I am just so big and I'm so unhealthy that it's just going to take. Yeah, it just will take. It's just such a long Doom process to do mm-hmm. that, and it's yeah. like oh, I just can't even. Don't even know where to begin. Well, well, it, that's what I was saying. If you are that person, listen to this. Don't change anything about your life, but just start one day a week, or mm-hmm. whether it's even if it's one meal a week. If you eat like crap mm-hmm. all week long, make you a you know on Wednesday we're gonna have a healthy dinner, right? <laughs> every Wednesday, exactly, and let that let you wake up after eating healthy. And it feel like a or or you eat healthy and you feel that sense of accomplishment that you have taken care of your body and or you maybe you sleep well that night because you didn't have you know Junk. a whole lot of alcohol and, right and, and, and yeah Processes. and all of a sudden you wake up you think wow I slept great maybe I need to do this healthy dinner thing a little bit more often <laughs> and then the and then you look down you're like God I lost ten pounds but even maybe I need to start working out hmm. it doesn't matter what way you do it but mm-hmm. find something you can do. And you can do consistently. That's the that's the key is that you need something that you can do consistently. And once you've found that thing that you know that you can do consistently, just stick with it. Right. Don't worry about looking at about, oh, well, how do I get to this? Don't worry about that because mm-hmm. that's that's gonna come. Right. But you find a manageable thing that you can do and continue to do it and just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yeah. One step at a time. You and I were talking about this morning. I go back to Greg and I. Um, he's a different beast. Um, we yeah. have called. We have a word for him, um, a meathead. Yeah, he's <laughs> but a meathead. he's a brilliant one. But um, I have talked to people before that are afraid. First of all, they're afraid to go into a gym type setting. I don't understand that because I do work out Pilates virtually still at my home. Um, but I love. When I am sore, mm-hmm. I love there, and it's usually one little part of yeah. my body that's sore. But there are there there is a population of trainers that no pain, no gain. Right, they want to beat you up, and I'm not talking to anyone that I have personally dealt with, but I have heard and. They can't go back in the gym because they can't sit down on the toilet. They can't wash their hair. So then they're like, well, it takes me a week to get over that. So that is not your approach to training. Well, and it doesn't, there's no skill involved in making somebody sore. I mean, it can, you know, it just overloads something. You can make someone sore. You know, it doesn't take a good trainer to say, well, you're going to go in and we're going to do, 
you know, a thousand reps of bench press. Mm -hmm. Well, anybody could do that. Right. But you're going to be sore. You're going to wake up sore. Mm -hmm. Anybody that does that. But does that mean that was a good, effective session? I mean, probably not. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that. Right. And too sore to come back. Yeah. And just, you know, and then, and then you have like the people that think that soreness is maybe a good um, indicator of how effective a workout was. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I wasn't sore. So that wasn't a good workout. Or, I, you know, or I'm really sore. That was a really good workout. Right. Which isn't always true any either because, mm -hmm. you know, every session that I do, I have a precise goal or I'm, do, I'm building programs that have precise goals. So for you, it's, you know, a longevity. I, I need to keep you in the weight room, especially with your back injuries, because it would be too easy to put you out for months. Mm -hmm. And then, well, yeah, if you can't do anything, you're just sitting at home, then... Then I'll go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I need to make sure that you are able to move. And, and this is part of the thing with Greg. You know, he's incredibly strong. But as we saw before he was working with me, I mean, it looked painful for him to put the leash on the dog. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like a this right. weird little squat down to the ground to try and, and he couldn't even sit in a squat. Right. But, you know, that's not, I mean, if so what you can bench, you know, whatever he wants to bench or he wants to do this, that to me isn't necessarily what his goal should have been. And, you know, we've worked together on doing that now. So, what what do I want out of Greg's life? Well, we want healthy joints that will last so that he can do everything he wants to do and not deal with mm -hmm. pain and problems, which will come with, you know, his super tight frame that we, right. you know. And so we've been working on that for so long now and his mobility has gone oh. through the roof. And that just makes life easier. Absolutely. So it depends what, what it, you know, so it's not always like it's not necessarily about fat loss or muscle gain for for you it's you know pain management and keeping you in one piece making sure you can keep working out make sure you can keep coming back make sure you don't have any more surgeries for greg you know my real thing <clears throat> obviously greg loves big lifting mm -hmm. so i've got to throw that in there because that's something that he wants to do and something that he enjoys and that should also be part of Fit, like it should be part of fitness if that's what you enjoy right like that's what we'll do right you know you it's important to enjoy and and because because that's his motivator right he wants to pop weight he wants to see how heavy he can lift he wants, but the key is that i want him to do it safely mm -hmm. and with correct technique and through this correct range that maybe promotes like his joints to not be so tight and Right. Unable to move, you know, like his back is locked up. Well, that's causing all kinds of problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you've seen him walk around with ice packs on. Yeah. And he rarely does that anymore. Right. And he honestly, um, before Greg started training with you, and I can't believe this, he is, if if you know Greg, he's incredible shape. I mean, mm -hmm. incredible shape. And um, he came, he's, he mentioned, I might want to train with Sam. He's never had a trainer right. in fitness, not in his, his martial arts. Right. But 
for him to come in, and I remember I was so nervous. I'm yeah. like, oh, because he's like, okay, Sam, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. I was just like, great. Here yeah. we go. Here we go. But you're right. His range of motion, he's so proud that he can move much more fluidly. Right. And, you know, and he's incorporated some Pilates in that as well. Yeah. So, and that's just going to benefit him. Like, I know the way I, you know, kind of sell that to Greg is like, you know, to sell it. You, yeah, I do, which I do have to sell it to him. Yes. Is that you know you need to be strong from in from through a full range. I mean, if someone has him in an arm bar mm-hmm. or something, get his martial arts way out of his like range. Right. Okay. Well, what are you gonna do? <sighs> Snap. Yeah, I mean, he could just well, just got this little like bench press motion here, right. and that was the end of his range. Right. Right. So. You know, so he needs to be mobile and strong. Mobility is strength through range, right? Mobility and flexibility, that's two right. different things. Mm-hmm. Flexibility is the, a muscle's ability to relax and and um, move through a range. Right. So you think about your relaxing and moving through a range. Mobility is being able to contract through range. Right. And mobility is related to strength. Right. So when we're talking about fitness and this this um, working with you in special populations, so people listening to this, you've got my husband and myself, they're in great shape, but still working on ourselves, keeping ourselves ha- healthy. What do you say about the people? I have several friends in my life that are so skinny, like very, very, very skinny, thin they still need to work out. Is that right? You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. they're so thin, yeah, but well, they don't work out. What do you say about that population? Well, what's I mean, going on? So, I mean, never forget that genetics plays a massive role in the way that uh, somebody looks. Wow. So, you know, <clears throat> myself included, I mean, it can be a good and a bad thing. I don't have the ability to be incredibly muscular if I wanted to be. You don't? Not really. No, I'll be lean. I'm always I'm built on a small frame, and so I'm going to be extremely lean. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that means, you know, <clears throat> eating if I ate, ate like terrible and didn't work out, I could never get fat. Like you would see, I would never be obese. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be very unhealthy on the inside, and I don't think that's what pe- a lot of people. That's what I'm talking about. Don't. Look, look and think about that way. Well, I'm skinny. I'm healthy. Is not true. It's not that way, right? It's not true. And I don't. It is, it's also, you know, so many people are guilty of um, eating and working out for the scale, yes. versus eating and working out for their health, right? Okay, it's like what what you know, eat for your body and let your weight take care of itself, and you always win. Because if you if you're eating for your body, you're giving your body what it needs from diet or exercise standpoint, and your weight is gonna represent a true number that your body needs to be to be healthy, right? Right. But so many people say, "Well, women look at 120," or say, "And I know I have a lot of women that are like well, 125. That. Yes, that's my goal weight." Mm-hmm. So what happens? Well. I'm 128, so maybe if I like skip the end of this day and maybe if I do a couple extra workouts, even though I've probably overtrained at this point, and you know, I could probably get it down mm-hmm. to 125. Hit 125, and what happens when you go for one dinner? 
and weigh yourself in the morning. Yes, I am. Oh, I'm right back to 128. Right That's where I am. Where I was, right. Because your body and your hormones are trying to keep you somewhere. Right. And now you're fighting that rather than just giving in and saying, right, like, I don't really need to have that control over like how much I weigh. But if I eat, if you eat for yourself, if you eat, you know, if you work out a certain amount of time, you make sure you're eating enough protein or good, you know, good, good quality foods and you're, doing safe and effective workouts, then who cares what your weight is? I know. And I and you and I go through that every single time I get on your fantastic right. in body. Right. What's the first thing I look at? Yeah. My weight and my body fat. And, and you're not the only one that's guilty of it. Ugh. You know, people's muscle go up, the fat goes down, but their weight overall has gone mm-hmm. up. They're like, oh, I gained weight. And I'm yes. like, you lost, you know, three pounds of fat and gained five pounds of muscle. Don't care. And you're, and you're angry. <laughs> At I, me, yeah, I did you my know, job. You, yes, but it's true. It, it's it's numbers. Yeah. You know, I have a, a mental issue with that. But right. but I think a lot of women, men too, do men have that issue or uh, not yeah. necessarily? But yeah. They do. Or, yeah, I'm sure they do. Even the people that don't act like it, I'm sure they do. Right. Um, but, you know, I think, like I said, people are just so, um, get so fixated on what, the scale says or you know when you just really need to understand is first of all everybody is genetically totally different Mm -hmm. so i can't look at some of the meatheads that i train and say i just i want to look like that because that's not maybe not um realistic for me you know and or you know there may be some women that are you know built bigger than others Mm -hmm. and they look at their friends who are tiny and they say she weighs 120 Mm -hmm. i need to weigh 122 right but to to weigh 120 you are actually making yourself unhealthy because to do that you have to be in a like depleted state and it, it, it just doesn't you know you know rather than thinking okay what do i need to be healthy am i eating enough to fuel the workouts that I'm doing? Am I eating enough to, you know, support proper hormone function? And, mm-hmm. we, you know, I speak about this with um, one of my women that I train who was um, a college athlete. And and I know a lot of female college athletes who don't have periods mm-hmm. because it's so light. Hormones, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you get track of that and you're like, well... What are we doing? Mm-hmm. You know, right. what are we doing? And people try and get, you know, people get to that point. Right. And to try and get, oh, I just need to be 115. And then, right. and then like your body is telling you, it's quite obvious. Your body's telling you, hey, this isn't healthy. Right. Right. You know, you go, you get, but, but people still, Absolutely. Oh, I just need to get to 115. 1000%. And those people, then people like that are also, when you, when you use that as your motivator, you get to 125 and what happens? Right. Oh, if I could just get to 120. That's right. Oh, I, just I, could just, <laughs> I could lose five more pounds. Mm-hmm. I could be 120. Yes. And you get to 120. Oh, I know. I, if I could get under 120. Right. It just is never ending. It is. It's not. And it's mental. Absolutely. But when you sit on the, I'm eating to be healthy, I'm working out to be healthy. Do I feel good? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. That's, to me, that's the most important thing. Right. You know, Sam, um, 
for years and years, I'm a nutrition major, a culinary degree, should know these things. I can, I can teach it, but not necessarily take my own advice. And you have really taught me, um, well, last year, if you recall, my physician, my internal medicine doctor said, are you a vegan? Are you a vegetarian? I'm like, no, I'm the chef for the beef industry. She's like, well, your protein's so depleted. And you and I talked about it and you're like, I told you. And I started it. Interesting enough, this week I put on a story, my breakfast, two eggs, two slices of bacon every day. It's that type of protein. Yeah. I had more people say, you do not eat that. Yeah. There's no way right. you looking that your weight, your body type, there's no way you're eating two whole eggs. I had the question, whole eggs? You really eat whole eggs? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. So it is very, very much we have been programmed to think that whole eggs are bad for us. Now, right. I, I, I'm just saying they're not bad for me, for no. sure. It's protein. Right. So, and you bad. taught me to do that, and it's helped, helped me so much because usually I'd find myself, you know, just having coffee for breakfast at one phase of my life about 10 or 11 craving crackers or pretzels or chips or something, right? So you have that. And then what happened when you started eating protein is fat starts going down. Fat going down. Muscle goes up. Yes, it did. And a lot of times the weight went down too. It did. Absolutely. But it's interesting because that is a, I remember, you know me, I I'm have an eating disorder and having that eating disorder, you just sit there and I was like, do I post this? Do I not? And of course the questions came through, you know, mm-hmm. why do you eat that much? Well, I mean, it's, it's really not that much. Yeah. And you know, and you know, my views on that, I think the, uh, Health industry as as a whole is failing to inform people on, mm-hmm. you know, what's good and what's bad. Right. And I think, you know, that's been a big problem throughout the whole pandemic. Of course, now's the best time to be in good shape right. ever. And all of a sudden, people that have neglected their health for years and years go, crap, I'm high risk. This mm-hmm. thing could kill me. Mm-hmm. Well, and my fault. No. No, because I do see, we've all had this conversation, what is going on with, okay, so people that quarantine that are severely obese, smoking, drinking, eating processed foods and takeout foods, but I'm... It's now now my responsibility to keep them safe. Right. I'm living my life doing what the CDC tells us to do. Right. I mean, why why do we have that mindset? Is it a blame game or is it a, what is it? Well, yeah, who knew that years of abusing your body was going to catch up to you? I know, right? right? I, mean, I know, I didn't do this to you, yeah. you know? I mean, I mean, what, that's just like me going and blowing all my money and saying, hey, I need to eat. So it's, now it's, that's your responsibility. Right. You know, you can feed me. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, really though, I mean, we all have, we, everybody wakes up every day and we choose our own decisions. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, everything you do comes down to your choices. Right. So if you're choosing to not take care of your body, you would, well, there's consequences for mm-hmm. that, you know? Right. And I mean, that's just, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Right. I mean, I'm a trainer. Of course, I'm going to think that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I study, I have a degree in um, kinesiology, so I know all the negative sides, but maybe they don't, and which and that's and that's a problem. 
you know, people are not informed. You know, the things that people come to me and tell me they think are healthy or unhealthy. Like I eat meat and the big thing now is meat's unhealthy. I, exactly, exactly. And you just sit there and you, and you in, in what, I don't understand, I just, I mean, I don't really understand in what way people would say, oh, well, I tried to cut out meat because I need, to, I want, want to be healthy and you just, I can't sit there but just think, wow, well, I mean, like, public health has really found some people mm-hmm. into thinking what's healthy and what's not, right. you know. Right. I had a friend the other day tell me, oh, my goodness, I love this particular uh, place, Delhi, and um, I love their chili. It's so great. It's just this beef chili. It's fabulous. But I just can't have it. I mean, it's just so unhealthy. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I, I just I had to. I'm like, which one do you eat? Chicken noodle soup. Oh, OK. All right, so you are eating the gluten in the yeah. in the noodles. So you know what I'm saying. So it's right. just I I don't understand it. Now I am in, in the beef industry, and you are you for your diet. You prefer the paleo diet. I I like all kinds of um, evolutionary diets. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, that's kind of what we evolved from, and. You know, that's very kind of, you know, that kind of diet is what we were eating right up until, you know, into the 1900s and people were still eating, you know, fresh meat, milk. Everybody was doing that. The massive obesity epidemic didn't really start till maybe the 70s or the 80s. Oh, my gosh. Processed food. But, you know, all of a sudden now, I mean, you know, there's... I see these pictures circulating and it's it's crazy to look at. It was like a picture of New York in the 50s. Mm-hmm. All these people walking around and, and I'm looking, there's not like one, there's no, not one fat person there. And you, well, they, they were eating a lot of meat, you know? Right. So, I mean, but, you know, it's obviously something's gone very wrong because mm-hmm. the we have obesity rates higher than ever now. Mm-hmm. But people are very health conscious or are not, obviously. But Yeah. When you talk about evolutionary diet, explain that to my listeners. Well, that would just be things that you could imagine that our ancestors were eating. Mm-hmm. So stuff that we could we, you know, if we have evolved from, so to speak. Right. So like the hunter gatherers, all that that sitch that kind of diet, mm-hmm. not high necessarily high in carbs and breads and which is is not really you know we see now with some of these studies coming out what carbs does for your to your blood sugar Mm -hmm. what it does to your insulin and we started to look at okay well is causing crazy insulin spikes all day really the healthy Mm -hmm. the healthiest thing to do because it's really not there's a lot of downsides to that right um so the ketogenic diet is one that i think is Really good. You like that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really good. And there's obviously multiple branches of keto. And, right. But, and paleo. Yeah. You know, I try to do that. I really do because I do see how um, carbs make me feel. And yeah. I just was talking to you um, New Year's Eve. We we um, I haven't had added sugar in six months. Mm-hmm. And I 
it wasn't an accident. I married, made a very conscious decision to have dessert. Now, everyone, I don't eat dessert, but it was so, it looks so good. So I had three bites. I was so sick for a day and a half and not sure I really recovered from it yet, but, but added sugar. Now, I know there's natural sugars, but I cannot believe what it did to my body. And it's because our bodies are great at building up tolerance, right? So you can, whatever you do, you're going to build up a tolerance to it. So it's like a person that has never had a coffee before, a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. You give them a coffee, they're going to be bouncing off the walls. Caffeine's going to hit them really hard. Right. But as you, um, you know, drink more and more coffee, you find people that drink four or five cups of coffee a day. Right. To just even have to feel. Get used to it. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, your body gets used to everything. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that that caffeine is now not affecting you like it was? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, with everything that comes with that. I, For the record, I mean, I don't, I think that drinking coffee is fine. Excessive caffeine is, is could cause all kinds of things. Adrenal fatigue. I mean, that's, this is what, like, I don't want to get too far down that way, but, you know, except too much caffeine can cause adrenal fatigue mm-hmm. and that's going to start messing with hormones and immune system. So, you know, just because you're not necessarily feeling the effects of your four to six cups of coffee a day, it doesn't mean that things are not have- happening. There's there, you know, it doesn't mean that it's not forcing different hormone imbalances and you know, because the because you're not feeling it right then and there. Because then you have someone that cuts out caffeine for two or three weeks, and obviously, honestly, most times when they cut it out, they feel awful. Mm-hmm. It's like people are addicted to sugar too, right? And you know, people eat like you know, I have no people that eat awful, like terrible. And you say, well, okay, you know what? Just give give this no carb a try. Oh, I tried no carbs. I cut it out. I felt so sick. It was terrible. It wasn't, it didn't work for me. I'm saying, no, you were in some serious sugar withdrawals that you mm-hmm. have built up this such a tolerance that you are physically sick and you feel awful cutting them out. And it's not until you cut them out, let your body readjust and add them back in that you realize, well, this is terrible for me. Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah. I, I just could not believe how I felt. I don't want to feel like that anymore. No, you know? and you know, and like I said, you you eat more and more. Sh- if you eat more and more sugar, you start to become, you build up your tolerance. That doesn't mean that your insulin and hormones are not responding to the sugar as mm-hmm. as normal. But that's what type two diabetes is. You know, so much sugar, there's so much insulin release that your body is actually releasing so much insulin all the time that um, your it then starts to be your insulin basically becomes ineffective, right? So it can't break down those sugars. So you'll have super high levels of you know eat taking on all this sugar, and the insulin that you're producing is so it won't you can't even break it down anymore. I had a guest. A couple of weeks ago, Dr. Lisa Gardner, and she explained, I mean, she has a medium-sized practice, and she she has, uh, she di- diagnoses about two a week, two of her patients a week with type 2 diabetes. Now, my first thought is, oh, were they overweight? And she said, not necessarily. 
Not necessarily, but they have to change and tweak something in their life. And that scares me to death. I mean... Once again, it gets into um, genetics. So I'm, like I said, I'm a lean dude. I couldn't get incredibly overweight, but I could get type 2 diabetes if I Mm. ate terrible for a long time. I probably wouldn't look all that different, you know? Sure, I'd I'd probably gain a little bit of weight, but to see... The, the amount of sugar over time that I'd have to eat to become a type 2 diabetic, I mean, you wouldn't see me over 200 pounds, Mm-mm. you know, maybe 190 or something, which would be way heavy for me. But it wouldn't be the kind of image in your mind of somebody. If I said, oh, he has type 2 diabetes, you may think this right. ginormous person. Obese, right. It doesn't always happen like that. I know. It's just a, it's just basically your, you know, you're you've re- you're releasing so much insulin that it be- your body starts to be- basically become so desensitized to it that it cannot break down the sugar that you're putting in your body. Right. So with exercise, you know, moving or anything, you were telling me about one of your clients at one point, the amount of pharmaceutical prescriptive medicine that they were on at the time. And through exercise and diet, they came off of some of that medication. Is that true? Is that a yeah? That is a um, that's well, a de- yeah. that's a thing. Yeah, you can reverse anything. You know, things can be reversed. We're always our cells are always dying and replicating, and depending on what it is, what lifestyle choices you are making depends on how the quality of all of these cells that are being made, right? So, for example, I think it takes, you may have to fact check me on this, I believe it's seven years. In seven years, your brain will be made of totally new tissue. None of the cells that are left will be there. None of the cells there now. The brain's the longest one. I believe it's seven years. And then you have other organs that are shorter than shorter lifespan than that. <clears throat> so your lifestyle, your, you know, your lifestyle decisions over the next seven years, say, will dictate the the quality of your brain seven years from now, right? Wow. Oh. You can build a house out of mud, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not necessarily going to be. Wow, really strong health, and I, and this is what I believe. You see, with you know, especially vegans and vegetarians, because the short-term effects of the diet are usually down to feeling good, because they've cut out. You know, oh, I'm going to stop eating meat. Well, meat to them meant a double quarter pounder with cheese with large fries and a coke. Right, mm-hmm. so they cut out their double quarter pounders with large fries and a coke, and instead they go get a salad and they go, oh, "It was the meat all along." That's what it was making me feel bad. It was nothing about the large coke I had. It was just the, no. the meat and the burger that made me feel like crap. And over over the years, when they are building, you know, we need these essential amino acids from meat. That is literally the building blocks mm-hmm. of everything in our body. But our body will use anything it has to build and replicate cells. So if there isn't, you know, the essential amino acids, it will start taking, it will find other stuff. 
and this is why people are really looking into the uh, processed oils, like seed, like yes. seed oils, and that that can be used to make this make cells that are often compromised in some sort of way. And a lot of people that you know go vegan or vegetarian, it's not till down the road they start to realize I do not feel great. And then they start incorporating other things back in their life and they start feeling better again. And, right. you know, it's a whole thing to come back from. Right. But that, you know, like I said, everything that you're doing is dictating the quality of the cells that are, are replicating in your body. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, like I said, it's not too late to get, you know, you have, yeah, I know I've got a little bit off, off of point, but yeah, it's not too late to change um different um you, if you're in pain or say you know you suffer with high blood pressure or whatever you can totally reverse any of that right you've once done again, that with my brother-in-law too right and once again genetics is mm-hmm. powers everything right you know i can't help your genetic high cholesterol because that is something that is going to be a part of you no matter what but we can start to look and you know, make tweaks to make you your 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 healthy your healthier self. Right. If you have um, obese or or um, overweight family members, parents, siblings, does that pigeonhole you into being overweight, or does that that DNA, the genetics, push you to be in that population, and you know you have to work harder at it? Well, it, not necessarily. So I think the, as we, as I was kind of just saying, and like I said, with the the cells in our bodies, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, <clears throat> what you're eating and what you're doing during pregnancy can, will, will of course affect the, your, the, the, your baby or the, the quality of, even if we just like, Put, take the babies, the quality of this human that you're building mm-hmm. is a direct result of your lifestyle choices. Absolutely. And once again, genetics. But we could tweak it with right. good lifestyle choices. Absolutely. So, you know, if you have obese parents, it's not necessarily like you're doomed. I mean, there's plenty of people I know that have obese parents that are health conscious and in good shape. Does it mean that you could probably get that big if you really went wheels off yeah i'm sure it does but um or it, it may be right if that's because if your parents can get that big it's probably likely that you have the genetics to also be able to get that big yeah. right you know i i i was thinking as you said that my parents healthy but worked you know had very active in you know their their jobs or positions or worked in gardens or work you know they were very very active um that doesn't mean i love to work out one of my siblings doesn't care for it i mean and i have friends that absolutely despise it they're like how can you like this right. you know and you're just saying just try to make one change yeah let let yeah i mean they don't like it Often it's they're taking on too much. Yes, at once. At once. Mm-hmm. And it's like overwhelming and unbearable. And, mm-hmm. you know, because I guarantee you, you wake up in the morning and those people, they don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to work out. I don't want to do this. I don't, 
you have to get yourself there. And I promise you 10 minutes into the workout, you'll be glad you went, mm-hmm. right? Because oh. that's when you start to feel good about yourself for being there. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you just kind of, all right, universe, give me motivation. You still have to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, you have to. Yeah, you have to do the work. You have to get there. You have, you have to, to go. And- so Sam, what do you say about, um, because you, you tell me this all the time, you know, I don't sleep. I, yeah. I, I cannot sleep. I don't, you know, we're working on that. Mm-hmm. And exercise should help that. But yeah. sleep is a huge, huge factor in in your life and your health. And I'm missing that. Right. And I, uh, you know, I don't think that's anything, um, you know, you you are like my mo- mom, somebody who cannot switch the mind off. I can't. Mm-hmm. So that's not necessarily, you know, your mind is part of a body, mm-hmm. your body, but my mom was. My mom doesn't sleep. She's thinking about anything. Four a.m. She, she could go. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh yeah. Sam has a dentist appointment next week. I need. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps her up. Yeah. So that's like you know it's important to work on your mind too. Yeah, and you know but, it's um it, I hate I can't stand that I have to take medication for it right now, but and it's not even working. Right. So still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Sleep's so important in yeah. in, in keeping. Health. Now often that that can help overactive minds, but sometimes people just have overactive minds. It's not necessarily a you know I mean it's not great if it's affecting your sleep, right. obviously, but. You know, that's how some people are wired to work. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for those people to switch off. Mm-hmm. Some people are incredibly unhealthy, extremely laid back, and will not care in the world, sleep 10 hours a night. <laughs> right? It's just, it, <laughs> that's not me. Right. It's not happening. Because sometimes, and, and, and I, I'm, um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm a super laid back person. Mm-hmm. I'm probably more on like the overactive side, but not uh, not like all the way. I guess I'm probably somewhere in the middle. And I sometimes have to try and figure out ways that I can shut my mind down. And mm-hmm. so for me, usually working out can do that. I can that can chill me out. Watching, you know, I I try not to watch anything like stressful in the evenings. I like to watch. A couple comedy, like light heart comedy, nothing shows. This just kind of like wind down, you know? Right. But yeah, that's to me, that's kind of everybody has to figure out their own like coping mechanism. Did you, was it, <laughs> did you, you watch the, um, good grief, like the, 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 with the animals and the nature, you watch all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So you must have got Greg on it. Because <laughs> is, he, is he doing that? Yeah. He's starting to do it now. I'm like, well, maybe I should watch these should. gorillas tapping on the yeah. on the uh, the hippopotamus or something. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I love nature documentaries. I am. <laughs> okay, so I'm that early That's person. If you'd work out at four with me, which you won't, I know yeah. we 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 figured that out. Is there a benefit to a time of day that you work out, or does it matter? I um, would tell you that. Um, Four is probably too early. <laughs> the reason I say that is because naturally our bodies he won't do it. <laughs> naturally, our bodies want to, um, you know, start to shut down mm-hmm. when it's dark, right? And 
start to wake up and you know you have changes in hormones when the sun comes out for me sometimes you know it's my morning coffee gets me through until the sun comes out and then when i look out the window and see the sun it's like i'm i'm ready to go but i will cuz i fall asleep early just because of i wake up at 5 to 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 get ready for work but um even on the weekends i mean I can't sleep in much later than as soon as the sun is out and it starts to get light, usually about seven o'clock, seven thirty, I'm up and wide awake. Mm-hmm. And then as the sun's going down, like six or seven PM, I'm tired. You're tired. Yeah. And I and 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 I don't think that's a bad thing. And and the reason I don't think that's a bad thing is because once again, in like nature, they say if you were to just go into the wilderness or go into the forest and don't have a clock you know what your sleep schedule would be like would kind of be like that Mm -hmm. you know by about nine o'clock you'll probably be asleep and then by six seven in the morning you naturally wake up that's what your body um right naturally Naturally. wants to do um lights can keep us on Mm -hmm. so you know people sit there watching tv or phone and it you know stops production of melatonin and whatever else to help you calm down and go to sleep. You yes. tricks your body into thinking it's still daytime. Right. You know, so that messes a lot of people. A lot of people sit on their phones all Absolutely. night. Absolutely. I'm seeing sleep a schedule. sleep doctor right now, and she asked me the other day, so are you looking at your phone or television? I'm like, mm, yes, because I'm sitting there checking my numbers and analytics. All day. And I then I put it down and try to go to sleep. And so I, it's blue light or something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, but... So, which I turn off on my phone. You can turn it off. So I never have the I blue you light. You showed me how, but it went back on there somehow. Yeah. Winky, winky. Um, <laughs> but you know what? If I wake up in the morning and there's light out, you know what? I feel guilty. What yeah. a weirdo. Yeah, no, yeah. See, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is me because I because I leave your gym and it's still dark outside. And, and I and I have a guy like that who says like he feels like if he doesn't wake up at four thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. clean the house, get a workout in, yeah, do this, do this. He feels guilty. Yep, that's me. And uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell yeah, you because I you, don't. Tiffy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so talking to talk about this, and and we'll wrap it up. But the people that are listening that are going, oh, great, fine, personal trainer, I can't afford that. It's not my budget. Mm-hmm. So you do offer, and not only you, multiple sites offer online training, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, not even just. M- from my business standpoint, there is so much information on the internet now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just go onto YouTube and search home workouts and have access to thousands of hours of free material that people are putting up. Right. Even so, without equipment. Without equipment, yeah. You don't need, yeah, you don't need a you, you, a, a pair of shoes might help if you're going to go on a run. But right. <laughs> other than Clothes. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we yeah, have that too. But um yeah, you don't need equipment really. Um there's plenty of effective things you could do. Mm-hmm. I mean, go onto YouTube, search home workouts and just thousands of pages of people. Right. Yeah. N- there's no excuses. No, there is no shortage of free workout stuff online. 
you know, since COVID, it's amazing. And and Paul and I have talked about this so many times of COVID, the silver lining. And I watched these commercials of the mirror and, of course, the Peloton that probably sales went just through yeah, the roof. Did, yeah. I mean, and all of these home fitness because we are at home. And, it, and it's great to see that. Mm-hmm. I, I watch it, you know, I'll have it on television or on the Internet and just to see and then watch the sales. It's right. just so that is encouraging. It is, yeah. But I, I do personally. I don't think that there's been enough of a push to um, help or encourage people to be healthy, mm-hmm. as there has been to encourage people to just lock down and do absolutely nothing. Right. And I think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I I definitely think that this is a time more than ever where um, we should be encouraging. And looking into the benefits of what being healthy is, you know, it's also a sensitive subject for a lot of people who feel like you're attacking them if you tell them they're, not, they're unhealthy. So, mm-hmm. right, it is a sensitive but, subject. You know, I think that, like we said this earlier, I think I, I thought that closing the gyms and keeping the McDonald's opens is kind of counter counter uh, um, productive to a uh, disease that. Right. Kills unhealthy people. Absolutely. So no excuses, basically. No. I know. I I mean, I think, you know, like I said, everybody, everybody is in control of their own actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if it's your choice to, you know, I don't want to work out. I don't want to be healthy. I don't really care. Right. Okay. Well, then don't turn around and tell me that I need to be careful because you're high risk. That's true. Because, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's fine. And yeah. some people don't do that, but they don't. And let me tell you, we, uh, when Greg, Greg and I share that information, people just know our thought process. But it's not for everyone. Our lifestyle is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. But it works very well for us. And- no, but I think there's, you know, as a, like as a trainer, of course, I, I'm going to think this, but I think that there's definitely things that people can do. That it, I mean, it's. I, I think it was. Um, Ed Sheeran lost a whole lot of weight, and they, when they people asked him how, he said, "I stopped drinking beer, and I did a fifteen minutes of I think he did fifteen minutes of weightlifting three times a week." Wow! Right, so I mean, mm-hmm. if you you know if something's important to you, you're going to do it though, right. and if something's not important to you, you're not going to do it. Well, and at the end of the day, some people wake up and think it's. Some people are too, you know, they're they're not going to be convinced either way. You can offer people whatever they want, right? And they don't want to, and they're not interested in it. And and you can't help a person that isn't interested. And if that's their lifestyle choice, you know, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I can't help you with that, right? But you have to understand that every action comes with consequences, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And we know that we, you know that. We know all of the health risks that come with being mm-hmm. unhealthy, and Especially we're seeing now. now mm-hmm. We see now, and I think I, I think we've spoke about this before about the uh, uh, pharmaceutical industry. I mean, people are living longer and unhealthier, and that is being passed on, right? Mm. Because. I mean, I, this is this is gonna sound crazy. I'm not. I'm not saying this to sound like unsen- not sensitive, but say somebody has a weak heart 
And really what would have happened without proper care is they would have had a heart attack at 20 and died. Mm -hmm. Well, these people are living till they're 60 and having kids who are having kids, Mm -hmm. right? So we're, we're building on that. So we're now seeing what happens when something new comes along, what medicine isn't able to fix right Mm -hmm. now, because there's a lot of things that we do have that come along that are studied. And so people are, we don't bat an eye because, oh, this person's got this up oh, well we're going to do a triple bypass mm-hmm. okay well okay we know that okay they can have a triple bypass you're gonna be fine this is fine whatever right but when it's something new you know that you know you think about without an intervention from uh technology and and pharmaceutical industry you know there's a lot of people that wouldn't be wouldn't have been alive to have kids let alone see the birth of their grandkids right and not that you know like i'm not trying to uh be insensitive but like that's essentially just causing more and more problems just down the road Mm and um and uh yeah and now these people are a lot of people are high risk you know you see people that are perfectly healthy that are high risk well yeah Perfectly healthy people that are dying, well, perfectly healthy doesn't just mean I'm not overweight. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, he was, he worked out, yeah, well, he had a really bad heart and, mm-hmm. you know, and that's awful. Right. It's terrible, right. you know, but, but we have the um, pharmaceutical and, you know, medical interventions now to have people live for longer and have people live with, things that they otherwise wouldn't have survived with. Right. And, you know, when something new comes along, like coronavirus comes along, there's no treatment. Right. Everything goes crazy. The Mm -hmm. world has, we have shown that the world cannot cope with something Mm -hmm. like this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I will say, I believe if everybody was incredibly healthy and we really did, you know, if everybody ate well, and worked out this coronavirus. I mean, wouldn't even right. People would have been down for a couple of days. We probably wouldn't even known about right. it. Right, exactly. And this unfortunately won't be the last thing that comes along that kills a whole lot of people either. Right, you know that's just part of it's part of it. Part of yeah, and yeah. When it does, you know, something else comes because it will. Because it will. <laughs> yes. Then there'll be chaos again Mm -hmm. you know and but like i said coronavirus will now no longer be an issue or i mean it it will i hope it won't but all the medical uh, sorry all like the pharmaceutical the vaccines and everything that's coming out keep people going so all right we don't have to worry about it anymore right Right. let's go back to open them you know the mcdonald's up and we'll go back to the clubs we'll be drinking and eating like that because if I get McDonald's, there's this medicine that cures it. Right. Or if I'm, you know, if I'm overweight, it doesn't matter if I if I was to get catch coronavirus now because now this medicine cures it. Right. So I'm fine. Exactly. Mm. Well, I will. I want to put it too brutally, but that's kind of it that's the way I look is. at yeah, it. Yeah, I know. We've had this. Unfortunately, I'm I'm a bit too much of like a like a nature, you know. As you could probably tell, I'm like yes, you know what. Unfortunately, that's just. Well, it's the way of the world. It is the way. I can of the world. bar it up and say, "Oh, everybody deserves a Disney lifestyle," but that's right. 
And yeah. we had doesn't happen Corona, like the three of us, my family, immediate, and we're all healthy. And it got us a little bit, but it didn't, right. you know, I mean, right. it, it definitely goes, okay, it, yeah. it got my attention, let's yeah. just put that. But yeah, we, as the we flu was. Yes, absolutely. Oh, gosh, the flu was worse for us. You right. know? But anyway, well, it's so great having you here and coming back the second time. You know, I just, I spent a lot of time with you, so we talk about this all the time. I thought I'd share it with all of you. So, okay, your Instagram is at what's fitness online mm -hmm. that's right yep you're not taking clients right now but you do have a, a new trainer that's that is yeah equally ed educated yes I probably actually more more qualified than i am i don't know about all that but well maybe. i mean i mean i yeah, like him. yeah right? he's more qualified than me you're both you're both sprinters so that's yeah yeah, yeah that's great well thank you so much Thanks, for coming Tiffany. and um I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, keeping all of us healthy and preaching the word for sure. <laughs> and everyone, thank you so much for listening today. And please go and rate and review this podcast. we got to get up in that Apple world. And follow me at Tiffany C. Blackman on Instagram and Facebook. And everyone, have a wonderful year, 2021. I can't believe I said that. 2021 and keep being fabulous.